Hello. Is it better now? No. <laughs> That's okay. We're going to roll with this, people. Okay. I'm like, this. we need to do a, uh, you needed to put together a clip of all our technical difficulties. People can hear me cuss every fucking word. <laughs> right. <laughs> now you're no longer on speakerphone. Somehow I'm talking to you like we're on the phone. So let's go with that. Oh, hey. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, this morning when we were struggling to get in, I was like, oh, this is this is normal. This is familiar. <laughs> right. Takes you back. Um, yeah. Do you have another murder today? I do. I have to tell you, though. Yeah? I'm redoing my kitchen. Well, what you doing? Um, well, I found this, like, cabinet restorer stuff. And so I was restoring my cabinets, and then it became this big to-do. That I'm like, now after 30 some years, I probably should paint my kitchen, right? Yeah. Well, your brother actually showed me the photos and the, the one cabinet looked way different than the other ones. The one that you <laughs> refinished. Yeah. Looks nice. Yeah. And looks it's just an as seen on TV product, people. No shit. You gotta go with it. But what's crazy is that a month ago, I think it was a month ago, I fell off my patio, which is like three inches off the ground. Yeah. And... So now my hands still messed up. Ooh. Oh, I can only do certain things for a certain period of time before my hand swells up uh-huh. like a pumpkin. Right. So the kitchen's been a total disaster since. I'm sorry, man. Everybody know getting old sucks. It really does. Don't forget the, I, uh, I, you and I both have sleep problems. The other day I got woke up by my heart monitor. <laughs> And I thought it was my Fitbit flashing. I was like, you fucking Fitbit. You know I can't sleep. Why are you waking me up? And all of a sudden I realized, yeah, the light is pulsing out from underneath my shirt. <laughs> so we need we need to mix in in our murder. We're going to mix in old people stuff. Things that happen when you get old. What to do? When you, or the other day when it took me, when the heart monitor disconnected and it took me an hour before they admitted it, I needed a new one. And I was just like, if you get weird heart monitor readings, it's because you guys are stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so today I'm coming with husband murders wife. Ooh. I mean, not that we're surprised because that's what happened. Today, I'll start with, I looked up haunted trains and then made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good? You want to go first? I can go first. I'll start, I'll start with my mistake. So I got my information from a movie called A Haunting on Potter Street, the Potter Street Station, uh, a Wikipedia article, an MLive article called Preservationists Still Fighting to Reopen Saginaw's Hist- Historic Potter Street Station. And that all will blend in together when I get down to the bottom, those three things. So I'm looking up. Okay. The reason why I looked up haunted train stations is your brother and I took a train to New Orleans and we had a room at train, which is where the beds fold out, which I would only recommend the top bunk for the brave and people who are not claustrophobic stay in the bottom bunk if you are. But I really enjoyed it. We had a great time. The porter on the way there was absolutely amazing. It was stress-free. It was lovely. I was, it made me think of trains. I want to go on a sleeper train now. I want to go places. I was like, let me look up haunted trains. So I look up haunted train stations and I run across the Potter Street station. So I, I see that article about the guy trying to preserve the station. And then I see a movie with the building on it, the, you know, the front cover on Amazon. 
And so I rent it because just looking at the cover made me think, oh, this might be a horror movie shot at the train depot. I like horror movies. I was like, all right, I rent the movie. Well, first I was like, look, it's $2. And I said, Mike, do you mind if I rent this? He's like, no. But then it's like $4. I was like, you got me, Amazon, you bastards. So first let me tell you about the train station, then I'll tell you about what happened with the movie. So the train station is actually called the Flint Pierre Marquette Union Train Station, known as the Potter Street Station locally because it's on 501 Potter Street. And it was built in 1881. And it's Michigan's large, second largest depot. It's like 40 feet wide and 250 feet long. It's about two and a half levels. And it was designed by this famous architect named Bradford Lee Gilbert. And he was often credited for building all sorts of shit, but one is the first skyscraper of New York. And he does that eight years after he builds the Potter, Potter Street Station. So Saginaw actually used to be two separate cities, but now they're just referred to as East and West Saginaw. And the railroads talked about building a rail line and each of them wanted to build the rail line to them because that means better business for your city. They start fighting, it gets dirty. And in the end, the East takes over their, you know, by hook or crook, the East side wins. So they build the train station. So it's prosperous for a while during both world wars. They use it as a, the, it's a really large station. So they use it as a warehouse to hold bodies of soldiers who died in the war. And this coffin business was there and it did really great business. It's very prosperous. And that is the only dead parts people that I understand come to the station. There's no murders, just dead soldiers. So I was like, okay. Now the Flint Pierre Marquette company, they're no longer in the depot by 1947, 1950 passengers, station um, passenger services canceled 1955 they're talking about knocking it down to build a warehouse 1991 an arsonist set fire to a portion of the building and it took out a set of stairs to the second floor so the movie starts with this man giving a history of the train station and he walks through different rooms in the building and since i didn't read the movie's description i begin to think i might be watching a documentary hello jen uh oh, I can't hear you. Jen? I'm here. Oh, there you are. I could hear you. Oh, okay. I heard all of that. So keep going. going. So you thought you were watching, now you're thinking you're watching a documentary. Yeah, because I recognize Leroy Lee Austin. He's the picture in the M Live article. He's in the picture. He's the guy that wants to preserve the station. So when I hear someone, then I hear someone instruct the camera crew to set up. And that's when I realized I'm watching like a ghost hunting team documentary thing. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. So Lee's telling about telling the, the guys about different paranormal stuff that may have happened in the station because the station has two, and he does like a light history lesson as he's leading the guys through because the, the station has two waiting rooms, one for the men, one for the women. And that's because men are violent and drunk when they're train passengers and he said that one time a volunteer was taking a picture of the female waiting room and she thought she captured the image of a woman sitting in one of the chairs. And there's a room that has a lady in white that's seen it. A male can sometimes be seen as a male figure can see, be seen walking around in the men's waiting room. The baggage room has a door, which people think, you know, someone's peeking at them from it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. There's a storage room where objects move on their own. Tools move around the room, sometimes to another location. The locker room, they said, has activity. People hear sounds, people talking, um, all sorts of different stuff, right? So 
they're talking about how there's volunteers that have actually felt scared enough that they declined to come back again. And after the tour, the team sets up. And the property is completely surrounded by a chain link and barbed wire fence. And they, like, dramatically lock the team in for the night, right? So the ghost hunting starts with this dude named Steve, which he goes by the name Prozac. And his last name is Shippy. Okay. Yeah. He starts asking spirits to communicate while he walks around one of the room. And then it cuts to this guy, Adam Eugenio, doing the same thing in, a, in the locker room. So Prozac starts, sees what he thinks of the board moving. They show it over his shoulder. I have a hard time seeing it, right? But then he says he thinks it's the wind moving the board because he can feel it blowing hard. And I'm like, all right, points to him because it's showing logic, right? Right. A strong wind that might make something move. So I was like, okay, this, this might not be a total loss. These people are, are using some logic here. So while inspecting the draft, he thinks he hears like a, no, a no, knocking noise. He can't figure out the sound. The guy in the other room, Adam, hears disembodied breathing. And he finds a like a bone laying on the floor. And then all of a sudden it cuts to this dude named Tim Rooney. Tim thinks he sees a door moving. He asks, you know, can it be moved again? There's a knocking noise. So like that, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden they show this dude. And I was like, oh, my God, that I recognize that face. And then I realized his name is Brian Harnois, I think. Harnois, I'm not sure. But he used to be on the show Ghost Hunters. I was like, eh. <laughs> And it all comes. <laughs> yeah. And he also hears a disembodied voice, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure he does. Yeah. They cut to a baggage room where a door opens on its own and then an item falls off the shelf. And then they cut to this cameraman who's like, I quit. He's, he's like, I don't like it here. He said it's a combination of like structural issues with the building because it isn't always structurally sound. And he said, quote, other things. And the way they filmed it, they made it seem like, and I don't know how realistic it is, that he stood outside of the building all night and it was absolutely freezing outside. So there's times they would show you something that might be moving and you're looking like intently to see if you can see it. And then all of a sudden the video will cut to a black screen and there's like a loud noise, kind of like a jump scare. Mm -hmm. And it, I was like, that worked to keep a spooky atmosphere. So whoever did their video editing, kudos, kudos. Um, their sound man was on point. They had like excellent background or ambient noise to keep you feeling scared in the situation and to like keep it going. It ends with the dude Prozac and his cameraman and their camera suddenly runs out of batteries. And it, as they pick up on something, you know, like is something over there and all of a sudden the camera runs out of batteries and then you, you hear a voice recording where they're still talking about how the camera went out and they think they see an apparition of the, in the corner of the room and all of a sudden the audio cuts out. And I was like, Oh, clever you guys are oh, really yeah. trying more points okay so i'm watching the credits go by and there's a long list of people and corporations that they give thanks to and one was m live and i was like oh i didn't know you guys helped and then it's after that at the end of the show that i realized this ghost hunting movie is like one in the series and they're all called like a haunting of and then other places like a haunting of this place, a haunting of that place. And I was like, you dumbass Allie. All I did was look at the fucking cover, assume it was a scary movie and rent it. And here you got a ghost hunter series, TV series. Then I watched the ghost hunter series. Yep. And anytime you try to Google anything about that place being haunted, the movie comes up. And I was just like, ah, oh. that's funny. They got my $4. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those TV shows are ridiculous. Yeah. 
I mean, so much of it looked not right. You know what I mean? Or so much of it could have been anything, but they just assumed everything. Well, no, I shouldn't say everything. The one guy one time said it was the wind. But I was just like, oh, fuck. Which I'm shocked <laughs> because normally in those TV shows, you don't. There is no. no logic. Yeah. So if you like ghost hunting, it does have the right atmosphere. They did great video editing, great sound. If you like ghost hunting, it's for you. If you don't, do not do this. <laughs> do not pay $4. Do not pay the $4. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. You ready for mine? I'm ready. All right. Christina Harris. She was age 36 and she lived in Davidson, Michigan. She died in her sleep on September 29, 2014. It was oh. ruled she died from an overdose. Based on her obituary on MLive, she was married to Jason Harris in 2003. She had two children, two stepchildren, and a step-grandchild. Okay. You know, she yeah. enjoyed scrapbooking, spending time with her kids, watching sports. Um, and she was very involved in the Catholic Church. Okay. Christina's autopsy would reveal that the overdose was because of heroin. Wow. And then Christina's family was suspicious of the death because she was not known to be a drug user at the time. Okay. She was breastfeeding. Oh. And from their knowledge was really careful about what she ate because she yeah. knew she would transfer it through her breast milk. Oh, yeah. The day she was found dead, she had a doctor's appointment. And it didn't make sense someone would get high on an illegal substance before knowing that they're going to a doctor's appointment the next day. Okay. Christina's family filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the husband, Jason Harris. And with this lawsuit, Jason would be deposed under oath based on news reports from local Click on Detroit. He talked about a relationship with another woman. They had exchanged inappropriate messages back and forth. And he said that Christina didn't know about these messages. And she had seen the number and asked who it was. And he told her. He okay. also did mention that he brought up a divorce to Christina and that was talked about between the two of them. And then he also talked about their bankruptcy. They filed bankruptcy at some point. Okay. But where it all gets interesting is when law enforcement asked him about hiring a hitman to murder his wife. Ooh, okay. And I don't understand why people want to become murderers because I say want, because if you sit there for hours yeah. and you think of a plan to murder someone, yeah. you want to be a murderer. True. And I would think these people would be watching these crime stories like we do and right. reading. And so, you know, that if you go to hire a hitman, it is not a good idea because at yeah. some point it's going to fall back on your lap. You know, say it often does not end well. Right. Yeah. So 
When he was asked about hiring the hitman, he of course denied it. When given a name of an individual, I, and I believe in my research, this was someone that he knew, a friend or somebody had worked with. He knew this person. Okay. Uh, he said he claimed that person was lying. That he never tried to hire him to kill his wife. Really? When Jason was asked about the evening of Christina's death, he told investigators that there was nothing unusual about the evening. Christina had asked for a bowl of cereal. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Still hear me? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She had asked for a bowl of cereal. He had made her one. And then she laid down to pump her breast milk. If there was anything strange, he said it would be the fact that she fell asleep while pumping that evening. She never usually fell asleep while pumping breast milk. Okay. The next morning, he got up early and went to work. And then later that day, Jason called a neighbor to have them go over and check on Christina. Uh So he went to work, then Uh later on called a neighbor. The neighbor went over there, found Christina dead in her bed. Uh As he was deposed, the investigators asked about another woman who was living at the home with him. Okay. And it was found she moved in weeks after Christina's death, which was the same month of Christina's funeral. What? Yeah. You didn't think this was going to look suspicious? How fucking dumb is this dude? No. They also went over the life insurance, 150000 Though I will note that news articles said 120000 130000 So I'm not exactly sure. Okay. At, at the life insurance amount, but it's up there in the thousands. Wow. He confirmed that some of the money was taken to you and he used it to pay off his student loan debts. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because they went bankrupt, right? Right. Okay. And then um, the police also asked him how he felt about his wife dying. And Jason pointed out that it was an odd question for the police to ask him. Right. And he Wait, was, so they said, how do you feel about your wife's death? And he's like, that's a weird question. Yeah. No, <laughs> that he, he said, that, you know, he was, he was confused by the death. Um, and he was hurt and devastated. Of course. So in August, 2019, Jason Harris was formally charged with the murder of his wife. He was accused of putting heroin in his wife's cereal he prepared the night before she was found dead. And in a press conference announcing the charges, it was said they had evidence Jason had a long history of stepping out on his wife, spoke to co-workers about how he wanted his wife gone, and they also went on to say they had evidence he had paid $5,000 to a man to kill Christina. But the hitman route went sour after the man he hired while doing surveillance on Christina was stopped by police and arrested for having a firearm. And since his hitman was on parole, he went back to prison and didn't carry out the killing. Are you fucking kidding me? giving you it's like jesus christ you would think you know he wanted to murder her or else he would have just gave the fuck up right then 
Right. Yeah. So finally they talked about how they tested Christina's frozen breast milk and there were no controlled substances in the milk. Oh, great idea to prove that she's not a user. Right. His official charges were first degree premeditated murder solicitation of murder and delivery of a controlled substance that caused death. His trial did get postponed in March of 2021 when his lawyer withdrew from the case because they couldn't afford his services anymore. And so the judge had to appoint a lawyer. And then KMBC News reported the neighbor told investigators Jason said Christina was fighting a cold and was treated for asthma. Jason's own brother and sister told police. Yes, I said Jason's own brother and sister told police shortly after the death that he made comments in the past about getting rid of his wife and that they suspected he was seeing other women. turned on you. He doesn't say, you know that you're a dick when your own siblings are like, yeah, he, he, he's an asshole. He probably did some terrible stuff. <laughs> right. So Jason's former co-workers told police he had asked about tasteless and odorless sleeping pills. Christina's place of employment did conduct drug tests and she never had a positive test. But no. Jason had what his previous, with his previous employer he had a pattern of positive drug tests. So Jason was a drug user. No shit. November 2021, a jury found Jason Harris guilty of all three charges. And then in December 2021, a judge sentenced Jason to life in prison without parole. And Jason spoke and said he was innocent and would appeal. And the judge said he completely agreed with the verdict and told Jason he was a murderer and a liar. And he went on to say that he didn't want, you know, he didn't want a divorce and he didn't want to pay child support and he didn't want to split assets and he chose to murder his wife. Like you got to go on, you guys got to go on YouTube because the, his sentencing is, there's a video of it. Uh-huh. And the judge really just lets him have it. Really, both barrels? He's like, I'll give it to you right and left, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. And, and how the wrongful death, you know, so this happened in 2014. Yeah. And the family actually, you know, um, did the wrongful death lawsuit against him because it was, the case had, you know, it was done. Yeah. They said oh she he died of an overdose. There's no murder here. There's nothing to investigate. So they did that so that it would have, he would have to be deposed and then things would come out. They felt things would come out and they were right. And I am so glad that their, her family didn't give up or that they continued to keep pushing because he could have got away with that. Right. And come on, who? Yeah. I mean, these, these guys who murder their wives, you're literally going to move someone in. That in was the- one of his stupidest fucking moves ever. Yeah. Like that looks so suspicious. How could you not think that people wouldn't feel suspicious about that? Yeah. In the same, same month that your wife's funeral is. Yeah. You, oh yeah. You're sad. I know. Right. You're- like, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was, that was a crazy one. 
That is a crazy one. Putting heroin out. I, I guess I don't know how heroin tastes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I thought to myself, like, wouldn't she taste it? But obviously not. Duh. And I don't know what it tastes like. So I couldn't well, tell you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't when it's like, you know, cereal sugary. True. So maybe I don't know. I'm. I don't know anything about it, but I don't know either. Yeah, my first thought was like, couldn't she taste it? But the answer is obviously fucking no. If she ate it, she she didn't taste it. She didn't be like, this tastes like an overdose of heroin. Let me keep eating. You know. And and you had to be a dick and ruin your neighbor's life for God's sakes. Oh, like that woman is never going to be the same. And you purposely sent her into a home knowing your wife was dead. Like you're an asshole. Yeah, he is an asshole. I'm glad he went to jail. How long did you say he got? Did you say? He got life. Oh, life? Okay. Without parole? Or just I don't life? know. Okay. I, I don't know if it was without parole. Let me look. Hold on. Okay. Just stand by. Make, don't worry, I will. Make because... noises. I was going to say, you know, a curious bitch likes to know. I am always curious. <laughs> without, yeah, he got without parole. Okay, good. Because in Michigan, yeah, you can get out. <laughs> but we don't want that to happen here. Yeah, 15, what is it, 15 years? 15 years to life, nice. Yeah, but in Michigan, life is 15 years. No, it's 10 years. Unless it's they 10? say like 15 years to life, then it's 15. Or if they say 20 years to life, then it's 20 years. But I think life is 10 years. Oh. That's why I explained to my daughter at one point when she was a teenager, like, I'll be out in 10 years. i'll be back and then when i got a little bit older i was like i'll die in jail that's why i feel like i did everything i need to do (laughs) i don't know why they call it life when it's only 10 10 years i know that really bothered me that one time i looked it up for us because it really bothered me because someone had life in prison and then they got out and murdered somebody we were like how does that happen (laughs) and and i do and i do believe that that's not the same in every state it might not be the same in every state. Yeah, you're right. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, as I say, yes, turn into a law student so you don't have to look up uh, the, a grizzly murder. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right, John. I will talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.